Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. I'm Mark Revol. I'm Patrick Dodd. And joining us, friend of the pod, Justin Chrysostomo. Justin, hello. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. In this iteration, we're going to have a little conversation about the logistics of sprint backlogs, specifically the what, the who, the why, and the how. So if you don't want to listen to this, I'm saving you 15 minutes of your time right now because this could get really granular. Here's what's happening. We're all working with teams where conversations over the responsibility for how much detail needs to be on a backlog item and how that gets resolved. We might have multiple episodes of this. I don't know how this is going to go. So Patrick, I always like to start with you. Walk me through the difference between a sprint backlog and a product backlog. So the sprint backlog is a backlog of work that is prioritized, that is committed to within the sprint, in sprint planning. So people working in the sprint can pull off the top of the sprint backlog as they complete their work during the sprint, they pull something else up and they ideally complete the whole thing. The product backlog is the entirety of requests, features, roadmap items, bugs, any work item that exists that the team has been requested to do. So ideally a sprint backlog should be uh, completely refined, should have good acceptance criteria, and the, the team should have a shared understanding of what those different stories are. A, a product backlog may not have gotten there yet because in some cases it still needs to have been refined. Right, so Mark, how much detail actually needs to be on an item in a product backlog? Notice how I said product backlog as opposed to sprint backlog. When we rewrote the user stories class, um, one of the last slides in one of the sections is a three by five index card picture. And that's all that's on the slide. And to remind people that traditionally used a three by five index card. And for those of you in the EU, we didn't forget you. It's called an 87. I had to go look it up. Um, it, it constrains you front and back to a story and some acceptance criteria that are fairly quick to read and understand. It places a real premium on how much information you put in and, and really the premium is on how specific you are in, the, in, in, in what you're looking for. So I, I can argue that how much do you need? Uh, we've seen with, with JIRA, we've seen teams that write novels about what their acceptance criteria are and while, and, and oftentimes, just as a tip off for me, if the novel includes a whole bunch of implementation detail, it's because there's not good separation between let's say refinement and, and, and sprint planning. Um, so I would say, I, I go back to what Einstein said, make it as simple as possible, as possible but not simpler. Okay. But I know that so, wasn't an absolute answer. That's a relative nope, thing. That's fine. So Justin. I got the Einstein pun there, Mike. <laughs> So let's, let's take it a step further. So in a product backlog, you could have enough detail, maybe. Although it's, it, depending on where it is in the backlog, it could be a little bit of information. It could be some information. It could actually be a volume of information. When it gets to the sprint backlog, Justin, how much information needs to be on the backlog item? All right, I'm gonna answer your question by not answering your question. Um, and I'm going to respond to your... Look, it's, it's political season in the US. <laughs> yeah. That's completely cool. I've been, yeah, I've been no, watching it's... debates. Uh, but also, I'm going to take your... Let's take it a step farther and actually take it a step back. Because I think 
uh, question to the room right back at you is, is there a difference there between a scrum team and a Kanban team? And uh, the answer I would have to that is uh, sorta, because mm-hmm. both will have a continually narrowing cone of uncertainty, right. right? The farther away the story is from being worked on, the less detail it needs um, at, to a diminishing, a point of diminishing returns. So the Kanban and, Sprint and, and Scrum are both the same in that regard. I I would I would uh, opine. I think what we get into though with regard to sprint backlogs, and this is where I'll answer your question now, um, even though it is an election year. Um, the sprint backlog needs enough detail to understand the problem that's going to be solved, what success looks like, and for at least a minimum number of team members to be able to work on it. Not all. Uh, there are there are going to be instances where all team members do not have the skill set to be able to work on it. The commitment as a team comes from, by saying, we as a team recognize we can succeed in this way. We can solve the problem stated. It will look like the, the vision of success the product owner has laid out. So I'm going to take that piece that you just said, where a, num- a number of people on the team. So Patton says it only really needs to be one. Between... He assumes only one person will work a ticket. Correct. Right. To your point, absolutely. So Patrick, how many is enough? And first off, I want to say, Justin, thank you for bringing up two things. One, that we're talking about Kanban and, and Scrum. Two, that you have the cone of uncertainty, because that's one of my favorite images of all time, where it's like, anywho. Wasn't right. that in Get Smart, or that was a different cone? <laughs> that was, wow. That, was, that cone I wish I had. <laughs> cone of shame. Well, right. Cone we, of silence. But yeah, I'll take we, a cone of shame, too. Look, if we had the cone, the cone, cone of, of silence. I love that movie. I'll, I'll so. tell you, the cone of silence, we'd have hardly anything going on, because it'd be like, OK, anywho. Patrick. The cone of, the cone of uh, shame. shame. Cone of shame is completely cool, too. Now that we've got. I want all the cones. Waffle, <laughs> cake, all of the cones. So, Patrick, walk me through. How many How many do you think it needs to be? Uh-oh. You're oh, mute. we got the mute. We got the nope. mute. I'm just taking off my cone oh, of silence. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's fine. Had our worst movie. visual pun. Those of you who are joining the podcast version, that's going to be interesting to hear. It'll be just silence. Those of you who had the visual all recognize the problems of Zoom. All right, try it again. Yeah, totally. It's Friday. I'm a little goofy today. So um, with the uh, so so the way I see it is there's different levels of shared understanding. So um, for example, if you are in a sprint, if you're on a scrum team, or if you have items in your triaged and ready for work column, if you're on a Kanban team, then the person who has picked up the story has a certain level of shared understanding. So that person may be working with the product owner and an example we were talking about offline is an aircraft carrier. So that that person, if, if the ticket is to build an aircraft carrier, that the person that's working on it may need to understand what exact planes need to be able to be on it, what the torsion of the of, of the launch of the launch cable is, you know, Ooh. how many decks need to be on it. But um, everybody on the team should understand. Yeah, everybody on the team should understand that that aircraft carrier is full scale. It's meant to be used in a certain way, maybe Pacific versus Atlantic theaters. Um, and I'm really showing my history nerd card here, but it's fine. But the uh, 
but there should be where 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 I kind of where I disagree with Patton is that everybody on the team, even though they shouldn't know every single detail that the person working on it should, they should at least have an idea of what it is. So that that way, if there's a conflict or something or a dependency realized or a reprioritization, the context is there so that the team can operate successfully. Yeah, I, I would agree with that though, Patrick. I think that's that's the, the level of the team needing an understanding where maybe someone, someone in the team is building a destroyer and someone else is building a minesweeper, right? Uh, not the, the, the clicky thing on the Microsoft <laughs> uh, Windows, but they need to understand what capabilities the aircraft carrier has so that they are able to fit into the battle group well, right? Um, one, of the, one of the things we talked about though was the question, the point at which you find your shared understanding is not your shared understanding. So for example, we get into a story, I go talk to the product owner because I believe in conversations over documentation, we sit down and, and I say, you know, well, gosh, Rudy, I thought this was a 116th model. And you say, no, a real aircraft carrier that flings planes out over the, and I, I think you used the word prosecute, uh, planes out of the ocean to prosecute in a particular theater of war. And like, wow, okay. Now, at the point in time that we agree that that's what it really is, my concern is that we've just pulled the rug out from underneath the team commitment as part of this process, right? And this is one of those edge conditions where you hope the explanation is, is good enough and full enough that by the time, because at the end of every sprint planning, I actually traditionally go to each person and say, as a member of this team, do you commit, not as an individual, but as a member of this team, do you commit to getting all of this done in this sprint? And if if after the fact, we suddenly go from a 160 model to a you know, full-size aircraft carrier, we've kind of undone that commitment. So we have, we have an obligation to go back to the team and say, we've come up with a new understanding based on this. That's not gonna, that's gonna be not very common. Right? Well, I think, I think it's important to note though that, that uh, the Scrum Guide has addressed that very pragmatic situation by saying, look, let's stop talking about these as commitments because you are going to uncover things and we wanna encourage that. If it breaks your commitment to uncover things, we are at cross purposes, right? We have some cognitive dissonance there in the team. Yep. So now they're saying it's a forecast. This is what we forecast to do. And guess what? A weather system rolled in and it's a full-size aircraft carrier. That's yep. That messed everything up. No, no, I'll no, say, no, you go. <laughs> I'll say it is, it, to me, it goes back to the, if we have an understanding and lo and behold, we don't have an understanding, if it goes back, you're go back to the documenting what's going on just to say, to give everybody else the shared understanding. Yes, there's still documentation in Scrum. Yes, there's still documentation in Agile. All we're trying to do is make sure that we get closer to that common understanding. And if that means that in, in Scrum, that that sprint is now blown up, that's okay, because then you can say, the reason why this is all messed up is because now we have a better understanding. So, so I didn't, I didn't, I hate this phrase, but I didn't disagree with that statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which means he did. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I, to me, I said that it's fairly rare. And yes, you then go back into the retrospective and you figure out why that was the case. A forecast, I agree with the principle of a forecast and forecasts in certain places on the earth are pretty easy, right? I mean, you, you go to the, the uh, North Pole, it's going to be today, it's going to be cold and probably snowing, right? And that's pretty accurate most of the time. Um, although 
you know, I'd like my forecasts to be reasonably predictable. We're back to predictable. If we regularly find stuff in the middle of our uh, sprint that isn't represented adequately by this story or the acceptance criteria, then I want to drag that into the retrospective, which is like, hey, guys, for the last six sprints, we regularly blown up or decreased the size of things significantly. And so what's going on with that? I did want to say one last thing, Justin, made me think about it. I actually like stories, the cone of uncertainties, you work further down the thing. If I found a story at the bottom of the stack that says something like, take out the trash with nothing else in it, I'd say perfect, <laughs> right? Because it's back to this idea that don't refine things you may never do. Like in my case, I don't want to do that. Take out the trash. So, okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I'm going to put that off forever. But um, at some point in time, as it wor works farther up the chain, then you are going to have to put in time and the uncertainty about what you're talking about narrows at that point right and yep. take out the trash then becomes and separate you know recyclables from non-recyclables and don't put this other thing in here don't put in hazardous materials and you know so it gets you know ac is you know don't put in fluorescent bulbs and stuff but that's later on when we finally say we're going to accept that you know and then in the case of take the take out the trash you try to get some other team member to do it because they're better well yeah. i think we run into often by saying i don't understand how to do this i i, I shouldn't be the one i can pair <laughs> with somebody if you, you want but... <laughs> well you know because here's the thing you run into teams where you have one product owner and multiple stakeholders who all have a vested interest in the success of, uh, of what the team is working on and the stakeholders tend to have a as important voice as the product owner so it's one of those where you have to continue to have the conversation. And it, I think it goes back to the principles. Conversations, if you're having them, cool. Doc, and if it's a conversation that Mark, Mark and I are having and say Justin is the stakeholder who's a prime, you know, has a prime interest in the success of this specific backlog item, Mark and I have the conversation. We're still, we still owe it to ourselves and the team to document what, what came of it so that we're, there are no surprises. There are no surprises for the product owner. There's no pro, uh, surprises for the stakeholders, the customer. So we're gonna we're gonna stop at this point. You're gonna catch this mid sentence in the next iteration. So hang on. All right. Well, that's the end of this iteration. I'm Brent. I'm Mark. I'm Patrick. And I'm Justin. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider. Shoot us an email at info at fasterthanastandup.com or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Standup. 